This is Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. And for this Thursday, December 15th, we are joined today by Heather Lopez. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Gary. And good morning and welcome to Wellspring, a weekly radio show sponsored by Corwell Health Zealand Hospital, formerly known as Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital. My guest today is Dr. Gwendolyn Unziker, the Medical Director at the Ottawa County Department of Public Health. And today we are talking about respiratory viruses and how best to protect yourself and others from illnesses this holiday season, which is coming up right around the corner into Christmas. So good morning, Dr. Unziker. Thank you for joining. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So by now, I'm sure many of our listeners have heard the term triple-demic to describe what is currently happening in terms of the respiratory illnesses going around. Can you please give us a refresher on this term? What exactly is a triple-demic? So a triple-demic is actually a little bit of a made-up word, kind of a nickname for what's been going on uh, recently. Um, there are right now three main viruses that affect our respiratory system. So things that cause things like cold symptoms and um, other things like pneumonia, bronchitis type symptoms. These three viruses, one everybody is very familiar with and probably sick of by now, that's the virus that causes COVID-19. Um, and the other two viruses are the influenza virus and then a virus called RSV, which stands for respiratory syncytial virus. And that is a virus that it causes a lot of breathing problems in very young kids and then in our seniors that are very old. Um, and so these are the three viruses we're dealing with right now. We had to think of a catchy term to kind of give a nickname to how to refer to them. So somebody came up with triple-demic. So that's what we've been using. <laughs> and in terms of Ottawa County, what is the data on these illnesses at this time? So for a little while, we were actually seeing mostly the RSV, that respiratory syncytial virus, causing the most sickness, especially in younger kids, up to like just under 80% of the cases of that that we were seeing were in kids under four years of age. And we worry about this in that age group because those are some of the kids that can have the most severe symptoms of that. Um, fortunately, that seems to be decreasing a little bit, but we are seeing a rise now in in the number of positive COVID tests that we're seeing, as well as the number of influenza cases that we're seeing. So it's a little bit of a race to see which virus is taking the lead. But right now, um, it seems like influenza and COVID-19 are the biggest ones on our radar. And my guest this morning is Dr. Unziker from the Ottawa Department of Public Health. We are talking about all things viruses in today's um, interview. So if you have any questions, you can call 616-395-1450, and those will go to Gary. He will pass them along as we are doing this interview via Zoom. So you mentioned COVID-19, and we're not hearing much about it these days. Is this still something we should be concerned about, especially as you just said, we're seeing more positive cases? Right. Yes, it is something that we should still be concerned about. You know, we're in a very different place than we were at this time a couple of years ago in the first holiday season of the COVID-19 pandemic. But it is still a very serious problem, especially for folks that 
are at a high risk of complications um, from the virus. So those would be folks that have a lot of health problems already, folks that are very young, very old, or that haven't had a chance to receive the COVID vaccine yet. So these are still people that are suffering tremendously from this virus. And because it's still, even though it's been around for about three years, a new virus, we're still learning a lot about the long-term effects of getting infected with this virus. So it is still a concern that people need to be paying close attention to. And a lot of the symptoms for these respiratory viruses that are circular, circulating right now seem to be similar in a way. So how do we tell the difference between what virus it is? Oh, that is such a good question. And it's so hard sometimes to tell the difference. Even the little charts that you might see floating around on social media about how to tell the difference. Um, there's a lot of overlap in the symptoms, right? And the other tricky thing is that sometimes the viruses have different effects in different age groups or different people. So the, the main thing that we advise for people to do is if you can do a COVID test at home, please go ahead and do that. But if it's negative, that doesn't mean you're out of the woods and that you should go around sharing your germs with everybody else. Um, if you have concerns about being very ill or having severe symptoms, we always encourage people to get in, in touch with their healthcare provider. And if they don't have a healthcare provider, um, you know, getting checked out at urgent care is usually the best thing. But for the most part, it can be really tricky to tell these apart. So that's why we're trying to just spread the word about, you know, making sure that you stay home and don't share your germs with anybody, even if your COVID test is negative. Uh, let me step in for a second, Heather, uh, uh, and ask Dr. Hunsinger. Gwen, we had a question earlier on Talk of the Town from a listener who was expressing concerns from some of his uh, 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 family members and friends about the fact that they're hesitant about getting the vaccine because they are unsure of the long-term effects of the vaccine. Obviously, it's something that's only been around for two years, and we don't have a long history of that. How would you allay those fears about the concerns of long-term effects of the vaccine and, and keeping people away from taking it? Right. This is a great question, right? Because so many of the vaccines that people are used to have been around for quite some time. And so it's just sort of a routine thing. And I think in, in the age that we're in today, where we've actually watched science happen in real time, um, that has sort of you know pulled the curtain back on the process. And, and it's really, um, really good to be having these questions and to make sure that you're not... Um, taking everything on face value, but really looking into the science behind it. So the, the really good news is that by this point, literally billions of people have gotten the COVID vaccines. Um, and at this point in, this, in the science, two years in, usually by this time, if there is going to be a long-term effect of a vaccine, we would have seen it by now. Typically, those long-term effects of vaccines will show up within the first few months. Um, and science has seen this before with other vaccines that after the first, um, you know, short amount of time after they get approved in the real world, they start seeing side effects that they didn't see when they were testing them. And so then, you know, they say, oh, maybe we need to rethink this. And we just haven't seen any of those concerning things with the COVID-19 vaccines and in the ones that we have had some concerns about. The scientists have said, oh, stop 
we're not going to recommend these the same way that we did before. So the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, for example, did have some problems that weren't seen in the testing that were seen once it was out in the real world. And as soon as those uh, problems were identified, that vaccine had its recommendations changed. So great, great question. Always good to be thinking about these things. And when we think about you know, all these respiratory viruses, RSV, flu, COVID going around, are the groups impacted different in each as far as those who are the most vulnerable for serious outcomes? Yes. So this has been a question even throughout the COVID pandemic, right? Um, like who who is the most at risk and who should we be focusing our protective efforts on, right? So for all three of these viruses, really the people that are the most at risk for the complications are people at what we would call the extremes of age. And I say that from a medical standpoint, not from a social standpoint, right? I think my, my parents especially would not consider themselves at the extremes of age, but unfortunately after you hit 65, that's considered older. So people in the older age groups and the younger age groups, um, particularly babies who are too young to be vaccinated against uh, these viruses, those are the people that we are the most focused on for all three of these viruses. And then when it comes to the RSV virus, for example, um, it's the it's the youngest children because this virus infects the, the smallest parts of our lungs and they have the smallest lungs. So when we are focusing on our RSV prevention, that's the age group that we're focusing on most targeted. It's like, don't kiss a baby that's not yours <laughs> without permission, because you might have just cold symptoms, but it can be very serious in that young baby. Um, and we are seeing it actually happen in some of our older folks that are maybe living in long-term care facilities too. So again, I think the, the general rule of thumb is the very young and the, shall we say, more seasoned among us, those are the age groups that we, we want to protect the most. And then anyone that has a lot of health problems to begin with, those are the folks, too, that we really want to make sure we're focusing our protection on. And what about treatment options? Are there any options once you get sick with any of these viruses? I know heading through some of the stores this time of year, you look at the over-the-counter shelves and you can tell that a lot of people are experiencing different viruses. And so what, where do you even know where to start as far as what you do as a treatment? Right. This is also such a good question and such a toughie, really, um, because we have had some new developments over the last couple of years. So the main thing to know is that for a virus, an antibiotic will not cure that virus, right? So a lot of times people would wonder, oh, should I go to the doctor and get a medicine to make this sickness end sooner? And for the longest time, the, the answer from the doctor would be, unfortunately, no, you just have to wait, it, wait for it to um, run its course. COVID changed that. Um, with COVID-19, there is an antiviral medication that if it is taken within the first five days of being sick, can literally save lives. It can keep people out of the hospital. It can keep people from dying of the serious complications of COVID. So that's one reason why it's important to find out if your symptoms are caused by COVID because, you know, the clock starts when the symptoms start and you can actually get an antiviral medication to help save your life. And again, this is most effective in the folks that are kind of at that extremes of age. For influenza, there is an antiviral medication that's available. 
You have to start it within the first two days of your symptoms. And it really, all it does is kind of shorten how long you feel awful by a couple of days. Doesn't cure the virus, but it might help if somebody's really, um, you know, miserable and needs to get those symptoms taken care of as soon as they can. And then with RSV, unfortunately, there is no medication that treats the virus. And so what we do in that case, we call it supportive care. And that means that we help support the body as the immune system fights the virus off itself. And sometimes that means giving IV fluids. Sometimes that means giving extra oxygen and just keeping a really close watch on those little ones until their own little bodies fight off the virus themselves. So when somebody's starting to feel sick, you know, what would you recommend that they immediately make an appointment with a physician to be evaluated or try to wait it out? What would be a recommendation? Right. So usually my first advice is if you have a COVID test at home, take a COVID test. And if it's positive, then if you are someone who is at a high risk for complications, call your doctor and see if you would qualify for the antiviral medication. If that COVID test is negative, that is not your get out of home free card to go spread your germs all around. If you're feeling sick and your COVID test is negative, um, we would still recommend that you stay home, keep your germs to yourself, and make sure you stay hydrated, wash your hands. And you know, if you do have some cold type symptoms, some of those over the counter cold medicines can be helpful. Um, and then we also recommend watching for signs of severe sickness. So trouble breathing, not being able to keep fluids in, any signs of dehydration. So those would be things in which you would want to talk to your doctor or go to the urgent care or emergency center right away. And as we wrap up here and we're, we're heading to the holidays, everybody's gathering maybe with family and friends, what's the most important thing listeners should do as they are attending or hosting events. Make sure you're up to date on your vaccines, wash your hands, and don't share air with anybody if you're sick. So stay home, or if you absolutely can't stay home, put on a mask if you're sick. Well, thank you so much for all you've shared today, Dr. Unziker. We appreciate your advice and clarification. Um, and just a note for listeners, while spring will not be on the next two weeks, and we wish you a healthy and happy holiday season. So until next time, Corwell Health Zealand Hospital wish, wishes you well. Thanks for listening to Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.